since at Og the Man on Twitter threatened to sue if I did not include it, here is a special message from my cat, Jack. Hi everyone, this is a special commander in episode called Thanks, Jack. Good luck with your keyboard lessons. Hi everyone, this is a special commander in episode called So You Want to Start a Commander League. This episode describes a quick and dirty method for setting up your own commander league. We've had a lot of requests since I started talking about my league, and with the publishing of Commander 2017, we thought we would share that with you. I want to extend special thanks to Sheldon Menery, who inspired this league structure with tales of his league in Florida. You should visit his league articles on Gathering Magic, and we'll provide a show link there. You could also just search for Sheldon Menery and League and see what that comes up with. Here's what you should expect from this episode. I'm going to talk about setting up your league. I'm going to talk about the deck rules you use in your league. The point system that determines who the winner of the entire league is. The rewards you get after each game. And some of the problems you're likely to encounter. And these are going to be league-specific problems, not the general stuff. Although we'll touch on one of those. Okay, so to set up your league, the first thing you're going to want to do is get a group of friends together for your league. You might be tempted to do this with strangers. Maybe your first league, don't do that. Later on, when you are a professional league runner, then you can maybe go to a game store, rely on some acquaintances you know to select their friends and so forth. But first time, try to do it with some friends. Keep it small, get some practice under your belt. You should also choose the number of games you want the league to last. Pick a decent number that you can reasonably get to if you play one, maybe two games a week. So if you do something like 50, that's going to be a big league. If you do something more like 15, that's what I chose, then that'll get you a good three months of gameplay. And by then, you're going to want to try something else anyway. Finally, when you're setting it up, pick a regular time, day, and location. That way, everybody knows every other Sunday or every second Sunday or whatever it is, they should expect to play. There's nothing worse than unreliable people in your league. And if you have to set up each session as it occurs without any sort of pre-planning, it gets frustrating. Trust me, folks. I know this. Second big thing you're going to want to settle with your friends is the deck rules you'll use to construct and build your commander deck. The first question you'll want to answer is, are they the most recent pre-constructed decks? This is the one I personally recommend. You get a lot of life out of those decks this way, and the games are really fun and they're balanced against each other, plus you have that drama of seeing how a deck evolves over time throughout the league. That's really cool. Instead of using pre-constructed decks, you can use decks you all build. And the questions you'll ask there are, do you restrict it to a budget? Say $50, so it's Commander's Brew Style, 100 bucks, 
150 bucks, 200 bucks, what are you doing? You pick the budget, everybody sticks to it, and I recommend you check it on a weekly basis, and when the prices change for the cards, then you have to pull them out or put them in. Uh, that takes a little bit more homework, but in the end, you still want balanced decks. Another thing you could do is maybe limit your choice of commanders to a particular set of cards, like Theros Block, or you could even, I don't know, go all the way back to the start of our EDH format and choose the Elder Dragons from Legend set. That's really flavorful and very, very vorthosy if you're one of the story people. No matter what you choose, make sure there's a decent variety of legends available so that you can support a wide range of playstyles. Another question you'll want to answer is, how do you add cards to your deck? Because if you play the same deck over and over and over and over and over and over for 15 games, or 50 games, imagine that, then you're going to want some variety after a very short period of time. I recommend, and this is one of the things Sheldon does, is you draft cards to add to your deck, and you base those drafts on who wins each game. You want to make sure that the... Results aren't snowballing in the first winner's favor. I always typically allow the, the loser of the game, the person who is first eliminated with zero points, to have first pick of draft cards. That mitigates their loss, and it makes their deck a little bit stronger. That person is more likely to win the next game, which then probably changes the pick order. You want to restrict the cards you can draft from? Sheldon? has each player bring 30 cards, and by bring 30 cards, puts it on a list, and then they combine all of those into one list from which any player can draw cards. So you're not restricted to your cards if somebody else brought something that was really sweet. What I typically do is I pick a date, say, the 17th of June, 2011, which corresponds with the release of the first Commander set, and say, any card printed on or later than that date is eligible to be selected. Now, there's only one copy of any card in the draft pool, so it's not like two people can draft Cyclonic Rift or another game-breaking card. And any card that's already in a pre-constructed deck or a deck you bring to the table is already considered to be drafted. Even though everyone has a soul ring, that's okay, but no one can add a soul ring if, say, they built a deck without one and later decided they wanted it. Too bad, you already have to have it in your deck. And so, if you start with a deck that has Cyclonic Rift in it, and then somebody wants to draft a Cyclonic Rift, well, sorry, they can't do it. The other way to add cards is to place no limits at all, and you just say, hey, we're going to draft in a particular order, and that tips the hand in terms of what strategy you're taking. If everybody wants a Cyclonic Rift, everybody gets a Cyclonic Rift. That could be fun. It's going to be a little strange. There's that sense of tension that you get after the game starts if you're drafting them. So I recommend you draft the cards instead. But it's your league. Have fun with it. The third big element you folks are going to need to decide when you're setting up your league is what is the point system by which we judge the league winner? Now, the point system you choose really determines whether or not the league is going to be fun and friendly or if it's going to be a little bit hardcore and maybe harsh, especially if later on you determine there are prizes on the line. Then people are going to optimize their decks in order to take advantage of this point system. But to be fair, let's talk about the two broad examples of point systems. You can have a flat point system where you're looking at the games won. If I win the game, I get the point. Everybody else no points. If you win the game, you get the point. Everybody else, no points. That winner-take-all attitude is a little bit harsh, a little bit cutthroat, and so you're going to shape your league based on that, and I'd be really careful before you do that because you want this to be friendly. You could also do it by flat kills, and we'll talk a little bit later about what it means to get a kill, 
You could also base the point system on eliminations, so that when you eliminate a player, you get a point for that. If I eliminate two players, I get two points for it. And at the end of the game, we just tally up who eliminated what players, and that determines who the winner is for that game. Again, this is going to turn your league into a competition to see who can get what kills. It may not be fun for everybody, but it is certainly fun for some folks. And if you're that type of person, by all means, use elimination slash kills as your point system. The one that I like best, and the one I recommend to anybody who asks, is to create a set of achievements, especially if you're using pre-constructed decks. The real fun in using these achievement systems is, if you know the commanders and you know the decks ahead of time, you can create roughly equivalent point systems that reward what that deck is doing in a very flavorful way. So, for example, in Commander 2017, there's a cat's deck. Well, it would be really easy to create an achievement that was very generic and said eliminated all opponents with commander damage. And then some commanders will be able to get that. But what you really want to do is take what the cat deck is doing and reward it when it does it in spades. For example, you can have an achievement named Attachment, where... Of course, you're talking about petting kitties, right? But in this case, if you attach eight or more equipment in a single turn, you get that achievement. Or you can have Big Cat, which of course speaks to the big cats like lions and tigers and so forth. But with the Big Cat achievement, you attack with a cat that has 24 or more power and you earn that achievement. That focuses on Arabo's ability to make a cat stronger. That's pretty cool. And you determine what each of these achievements does and what it's named and... As a group, you figure it all out, and you look at what's going to be fun for the group, even when they're on the receiving end of it. For vampires, there's an achievement in my league called The Big Suck. And for that, all you have to do is drain 60 life or cause 60 damage with creatures with lifelink in one turn. Again, the deck is already geared to do something like this, but not do it at 60 points. 60 points is a lot. You're going to kill somebody, and maybe you're draining somebody else for life. That means that you're maybe splitting the attacks. I don't know what it means, right? But some combination of 60 life or 60 damage with creatures with lifelink in one turn earns you that achievement. Dragons get knowledge masochism. (laughs) So they're causing pain, and they're torturing people based on... Uh, the number of dragons which attack in some cases. And so this achievement, Knowledge Masochism, is draw 15 or more cards during your combat step as a result of either attacking, which is the Ur-Dragon's trigger, or causing combat damage. And so you can do that a number of different ways, not just with the Ur-Dragon. And, as we'll see, this one also lends itself to use outside of the Dragon's deck. The wizard's deck gets master copier, and so you have this turn made a token copy of every wizard on the battlefield. That can even be done with the legendary wizards. You're not keeping those tokens around, but the point is you've made a copy of every wizard on the battlefield. If your opponents have wizards, you got to make copies of them too. Now, as you can see, each of these achievements is flavorful. It does what the deck is doing. It kind of supports that, and at the same time, any of the decks can achieve this. The cat's deck could get that knowledge masochism, for example, by using one of the green instants and sorceries that lets you draw cards when they cause combat damage. There are all sorts of ways to do this. It's fun. The fourth big category of things you'll want to decide is what rewards you get for either the end of the league or for scoring points in a given game. If you use materials, like you're giving out a box of cards or you're giving out a deck 
or even if you're just giving out a pack or two or even a couple of cards that people bring as bounties, the pitfall here is people will optimize to win the games in order to get the material goods. Now that's fine if that's the kind of league you're looking for. Some people don't like that. Others really, really do. Discuss it with your group, figure out what the reward is, and have fun. Now finally, you're going to run into some problems. And I've already kind of nodded at these a little bit earlier. And if you decide how to resolve them with your group ahead of time, it makes it much easier when it actually happens in the game. For example, what does it mean to eliminate a player? If I cast Tainted Strike on some big 10-10 creature that you're attacking with, do I get that kill or do you? If I cast Windfall when a person has only 6 life and you've got an Ekisar out, who made that kill? Is it you or is it me because I cast the Windfall? Hard to say, right? Well, decide it with your friends before you start playing and that way you'll never really have an issue with it. There will always be corner cases where some weird janky thing happens, but if you've already decided what to do with the Tainted Strike and someone else's 10-10 then the rest of the decisions follow suit. I recommend, by the way, it's the person who casts the spell that causes the death, not just the person who is running the 10-10 into another person. That takes skill, obviously, because you had to set that up and make it happen, but that sudden tainted strike, not that I recommend people play Phyrexian cards, is interactive and it enhances the multiplayer aspect of the game. That's the way I tend to come down on these questions. Another question you're likely to run into is when somebody does kill an entire table all at once, who is it who died first? Sometimes the person who is eliminated first gets to draft cards first. So this really matters. What I tend to use is whatever the turn order was. That's just nice and simple. It's clean. When you're figuring these things out, it's best if you have really clean and simple rules like that. Another problem you might run into is what to do about proxies. Not everybody has a wide card collection or the deep pockets to afford some of the cards that might fit perfectly with their decks. It's up to you folks. It's your league. But you decide whether or not you want somebody to write Underground Sea on an island and call it good. That's your choice. Ultimately, what you want to do is have fun, and you want to see what kind of decks people build. And so there's a really strong argument to allow proxies. But if you're a purist, and I'll be honest, sometimes I'm a purist, then you don't allow proxies. The final problem I'm going to talk about here is you might run into collusion where, say, two significant others really benefit each other by taking it easy on the other or actively supporting the other. This is no bueno. This is not fun at all. And it's not really a league issue either, except that if you have prizes on the line, this can really mess up the results. So what I do is I just talk it out. When I see it happening or if I think it's happening, I call it out and I ask the group to decide. Those are the big steps. Let me recap them for you since it took a little while to say all of that. First, set it up. Get your friends together. Pick a day and time. How many games you want to play. Go. Second, figure out how you want to build your decks. Are they pre-constructed or are they decks that each person builds and brings? What are the limits for those decks? Is it completely wide open? Are they on a budget? Are the commanders from a limited set of cards? Are your card choices from a limited set of cards? How do you add cards? I recommend drafting them. Each card is unique, and so there's only one of each. If it's in the pre-cons already, too bad, you can't draft it. Or you could just go wide open. Every card is available, even if it already exists in a deck. Third, figure out how you are going to determine who wins the league. 
I recommend a point system, but remember the point system you choose determines what flavor your league will have, whether it's friendly or competitive. You can go flat rate, which is straight up wins or straight up eliminations, or you can do a flavorful achievement system where you get to construct achievements that are unique to each deck. Regardless of which you choose, make sure the league play you really wanted is what you're getting out of the games. Fourth, figure out what benefits you get from winning the league or winning a game. You probably want to base card selection order out of it. If you put material prizes up, it might get a little competitive. It's up to you. It's your meta. You do what you want. That makes the most fun for everybody. And finally, some of the problems you'll run into is determining what it means to eliminate another player, figuring out who died first, and what to do with collusion, which isn't necessarily a league structure problem, but it is entirely possible that you'll run into it. So, in true magic fashion, there's a big, detailed, comprehensive rules for setting up your league with all sorts of conditions and cases and whatnot. I'll put that up. I might put it up on our website or on edhrec.com. Maybe both, so check there. And if you're really into the rules and figuring out corner cases and being very specific, then that'll benefit you. Otherwise, just go set up a league of your own and have fun. If you have any questions or most especially want to tell us about your league, tweet at us at Commander at MTG or send email to cast at Commander at MTG.com. If you want to tweet at me, Phil DeLuca, directly, I'm at Ketjack. I'll be happy to answer any questions you have about my leagues. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I can't wait to hear how much fun you've been having with your leagues. Bye. As an additional bonus, Patron Andy Bentelay interviewed people at his local game store, WNY Gaming in Hamburg, New York. That's upstate for you downstaters. Andy interviewed them during WNY Gaming's Commander 2017 release party. Special thanks to Andy for making the effort. It turned out really well and we decided to include a few of them in the show. We call this segment... I'm sitting here with... Okay, I'm sitting here with Jim, the proprietor of the LGS I go to. Jim, why don't you tell us a little bit about the store? Uh, well, um, it's always been my dream to open a store. Uh, it actually started with video games, and as I got addicted to Magic the Gathering, I started expo- expanding into it. Uh, one of the big things that I've always built this store on is the foundation of community, because without a community, without other people to play against and who enjoy playing with you, there is no game. So uh, basically everything I do in the business is built around keeping uh, the community together as a sort of extended family. Obviously, you know me, so you know I have five kids and you know I'm all about spending time with them as often as possible, even while working. So having a extended family that treats my kids like they're friends and being able to hang out with my kids on a regular basis is like key to me. Uh, we pretty much do everything here because of that community mentality. So if somebody wants to do something, I do my best to make sure they have the opportunity and space and time to do it. Yeah, community is a, a 
big part of why we keep coming back. Yeah, you guys have quite the drive. and, and <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And I pride myself on the fact that you guys are willing to make the drive to come out here because of the fact that it's so community-oriented and that it it goes beyond just playing the game here. It goes far beyond that, and that's why I think we are as, success, as successful as we are. All right, well, thanks for taking the time, Jim. Not a problem. Thanks for coming out today. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun. All right, I'm sitting here with Mike. Mike, how you doing? Oh, good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, how long have you been playing Commander? Ten years, maybe. Cool. Uh, what was it that originally drew you into the format? Well, as a budget player, it didn't have a lot of cards, and it's easier to build a deck in a format where you only need one of each. So. That's the truth. Uh, so what deck did you go with today? Today I went with Dragons. Dragons? All right, and what did you like about the deck, and how would you change the deck? I liked how it was pretty consistent with its mana base right outside of the box. Didn't really have any troubles. It had decent early game plays, but it was more focused towards the late game. And it was pretty balanced against the other decks. Games went long, so Dragons just outpaces them after a while. Yeah, that's the truth. All right, well, thank you, and uh, have a good one. Yeah, you too. All right, I'm sitting here with Nate. Nate, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, I live in western New York. I work for a manufacturing company, and I've been playing Magic for over 10 years now. Cool. So, but how long have you specifically been playing Commander? Uh, let's see. So we, my one coworker introduced me to a card shop around the time 2015 was in Standard, and it, was, it wasn't until around then we started playing Commander. So three, a half, four years maybe. All right, and what was it you liked about the format? Um, first of all, I kind of like the whole commander in general, having like something to build around, because it made it a lot easier to actually focus a deck into like some kind of archetype. Cool. All right, what deck did you play today? Uh, I played the cat deck. Yeah? And uh, what did you like about it, and how would you change it? Well, it's very Voltron-y, uh, and I didn't expect right out of the gate. I actually thought to be more creature, but it would be more creature-based. I know it had a, like a sub-equipment theme, so I kind of expected it, but not as much as it played out. Um, I'd probably change it. I'd play maybe a few more cats in it that would take advantage, because with the commander in general, um, especially Arabo, just playing low-drop cats and getting out there early, you can do so much damage. And like the first thing that comes to mind is uh, the Adorned Pouncer from, I think it's uh, Hour of Devastation. Because a two-drop with double strike, and essentially you get that out turn two, you can start swinging for eight damage with double strike turn three, which is kind of, uh, not game-breaking, but it's pretty good. Awesome. It sounds like you enjoyed the deck, and uh, thanks for sharing. Okay, I'm sitting here with Kenny. Kenny, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you? I'm good. So, uh, how long have you been playing Commander? Like, maybe a month. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, uh, what is it that drew you into the the format? Just, uh, it's, it's something different, and it's fun. Like, I like the games that kind of go longer, and there's more involvement and yeah, I stuff, can, so uh, I, I can understand that. like that, so. Uh, so what deck did you play today? The Vampire one. All right, and what did you like about it, and how would you change it? Uh, well, I like, I like vampires in general, so that's why I picked it. But, I can agree with that. Yeah. Uh, so I like that aspect, and it, I like that it can play quick. Um... If I had to change it, I'd just change out the land base and a couple little creatures here and there, but really not that much I would change with it. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time. Yeah. And uh, see you around.